This is Jacob from the Back to Back Films podcast. This is a trigger warning because we will be talking about Solo on this episode. And Solo is widely considered to be one of the most sexually graphic and obscene films ever made. Uh, some of the uh, sexual acts depicted in the film include sodomy, corporophilia, S&M, rape, and masturbation. Uh, and there's an incredible amount of violence in this film. And we will be talking about all of these things on the show today. Uh, so if you have a weak stomach or if you uh, are listening on speakers or in the car with your kids, maybe save this one for when it's just you and your headphones or if you're around people you trust. Thanks. That was nice. Um, I think I like The Lobster more. I still haven't seen Killing of the Sacred Deer, but I think I was overhyped for um, Rachel Weisz a little bit. I was like so excited, and then it was like, well, this is good, but it's I think she's I think she was better in The Lobster with with. I legitimately thought you were gonna like love that movie. (laughs) Well, I think the main the main lady, the queen or whatever, Queen Anne, like she did so good. She kills Uh, it. Absolutely. She killed it. Yeah. And but, like uh, she de- she got her Golden Globe, but I think she'll be at the Oscars for sure. So, well, she, oh yeah, she did get a Golden Globe, Golden Globe. But, yeah. so, does the favorite fall into your top ten from last year at all? I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to revisit that list. Because honestly, yeah. like, the list that I have now, I think it'd be different if you asked me today. Mm. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Like, it would be, like, I don't know if I would put, like, um the Michael Camino film on there. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, I don't, I don't know if I would. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. That's interesting. I still, I definitely had a feeling that you were just going to be like head over heels for that movie. So I guess I'm still learning. I don't like, it's weird. Cause I feel stuff. like it, it, like what I loved about it was, um, all that performances and pretty much like all the title sequences, but the, I, I, I felt like I needed my hand held a little more during the movie. You know? Really? Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I I got a little bit lost, like, not, not in a good way. Just in a, like, I'm not sure what, where I'm at. And you, you haven't know? seen it yet, right? I haven't seen it yet, no. I can't believe you're the I last know, person to have not seen this I've one. been so out of touch My favorite going. part is what they don't show in the trailer, though, which is Rachel Weisz later on. Oh, you know yeah. What I'm talking about? I thought that was, like, so bold. And yeah. like, no, no one does that. It's fucking and, sick. No, oh, especially, no, especially to, especially to women. Like that's like a huge no-no. Yeah. In like blockbuster films, yeah. and it's like, wow, that's cool that they're just, that's awesome. You know, I don't know. It's so neat. I thought it was fucking sick. So I don't want to spoil it for you, Byron. It's it's a small thing, but I think you'll notice what it is. It's obvious as fuck. Though. Yeah, you'll <laughs> just be like, oh. Yeah, you'll know what we're talking about when it happens. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing bad or anything. It's yeah, like, it's, 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 it's we're overhyping it. It's it's nothing. It's just cool. I just thought remarkable. it looked cool. I it could like see cool. that as like a costume almost, like a Halloween oh, costume. Wow. Oh yeah, but I think like if you did that with like The Rock or something, like that would never fly. No, you know, like only no. in art films can this 
kind of work. Like, Tom Cruise would never do something like that. Oh, fuck no. You know, like... No. Because it's I about the the look. But yeah, Rachel Weisz doesn't give a fuck. Exactly. <laughs> um, no, that's... I'm super curious now what Byron's going to say, because maybe I'm entirely wrong, and maybe it's Byron's favorite movie of the entire year. I don't know. It, you know, it has a good possibility. Because, I mean, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, I think... It's not might as good. Have, might have been my favorite of last year, right? I, if I remember right, it was one. Of, at least it was a top know. three. I personally don't think it's as good, but it's good. Yeah, it's I, still I, good. Yeah. I am a, a sucker for period films, though. Like, like I like Barry Lyndon is so good. I mean, it's really I think one of the best Kubrick movies. It's based off so of it Barry Lyndon so hard. Like, yeah. It, but Jacob, it might be one of those films too that the second time you see it, you it, it you know you might even like it even more. I might. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I it, the thing is is I like the modern flourishes in the dialogue. Mm. I love that that was my like my favorite part. You know, it was like the, all the modern dialogue in this like period piece. Like that's just cool. Have you seen uh, Marie Antoinette by Sofia Coppola? No, but um that is now. I I did a I did a plunge into films that I haven't seen and yeah. I put that one right at the tip top of my Netflix DVD feed. Oh, nice. um, so it's right there because I, I I realized I haven't seen a lot of Coppola stuff, and then I realized I've seen more Sofia Coppola stuff than I have uh, um, Francis Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, so it's like, wow, that's kind of embarrassing. I should probably go back and watch Papa Coppola's films too. You know, um, I feel like he falls off really hard. He does. He yeah, fell off yeah. after um, like the 80s. after Apocalypse <laughs> Now. Yeah, um, he he did the Outsiders, which was supposed to be good, but then he came back with with the Dracula. Yeah, that one um, is. I want to see Bram Stoker's possibly Dracula. my. F- yeah, I mean it's like that and Apocalypse Now are like my two favorite of his. Um, I mean, obviously the Godfather movies are classics, but and then everyone talks about the conversation, but I didn't like the conversation. The conversation, conversation, yeah. conversation yeah. was pretty good. It was all right. Yeah. But like... Well, that one is so um, talked about because it happened accident. It was like accidentally during the uh, Richard Nixon. Uh, DNC stuff, the Watergate scandal. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the some of the audio that they used in the movie was the same w- wiretapping uh, uh, devices that they used in Watergate. So people thought it was like a response to Watergate, but really they filmed all that stuff prior, and it just wow. it just hit like a weird that's cool point okay. in time. Got I I you might even say you got lucky. <laughs> well, you should check. I dig it. If if you're into Sofia Coppola mood, you should check out Marie Antoinette because she does that too. The dialogue is is more modern, and there's even like a pair of like Converse and like a pile of shoes that oh like, that's cool Marie Antoinette's in. So it's just like you subconsciously pick that up. It's not like your eye gravitates towards it, you but you get the feeling that Marie Antoinette is kind of like a hip, you know, young woman at the time. Right. It, right, it was this right. kind of cool shit that they pull, but it's a good and and there's like you know like. The soundtrack is like alternative, like modern music. Oh, you know? cool! So it's that it's really different, neat. yeah. But yeah. It's did you ever really see well. the Beguiled? Yeah, is yeah. that one pretty good? You know, I actually did enjoy the Beguiled. Okay. Uh, the Beguiled. It seemed all pretty good. Yeah, I've never really been into Sofia Coppola stuff as it's, much. Yeah, it's but... definitely her style. Like done with a different right. actor or different director, it would be a more Hollywood movie. But that's maybe why I liked it because it was definitely okay. different, you know. Right. But Nicole Kidman and Colin Farrell, I mean, and <laughs> Elle Killing Fanning, I mean, they, they yeah. just do such a good job. Yeah, 
Yeah. D- Dunst is in that one too. She's in she's yeah. in like all of Coppola's movies. Really. Yeah, she basically is. She's yeah. I think the only one that she's not in is Lost in Translation, I think. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I, you know, I really like The Virgin Suicides. I like I like yeah. that one. Yeah, that for one, sure. I'm a huge fan of that one. And my girlfriend likes that one a lot too. Yeah. But I actually didn't watch that one with her, so. We should do a uh yeah, Sofia Coppola um series at some point. We should cuz I've like I only I think there's like two, only The Beguiled and Mary Antoinette that I haven't seen, so we oh, should cool, definitely cool. watch those. Yeah. She's definitely on the list. Yeah. Because yeah. we have that like list of like 200 fucking <laughs> directors yeah. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> we have 4 um, million films that we have to watch for this show. God, so many. Uh, all right, so this is the Backtrack Films podcast where we cover the things you never knew you wanted to know about movies. Uh, I'm your host, Keith. This is Byron. And I am Jacob. And I want to lead with this interesting, very short little article, but has a, a fairly good quote from John Krasinski. Uh, if you don't know who that is, he is, um, I can't, I don't remember his name in The Office. Jim. No, Jim. And I've never seen The Office. I've never gonna, watched The Office? I, I have, I've tried to and just haven't, it hasn't you been don't my get thing. It. Hasn't been my thing. In the spirit of this article, no. I won't say, um, I won't say anything bad about it it just hasn't been my thing i haven't been able to to really dig deep into the office so <laughs> that's funny um, because of the spirit of the article that's a that's a funny joke <laughs> um but uh he's also the director lead actor in a quiet place um and there's this really interesting article that's been circulating regarding him and some advice he was given by paul thomas anderson which basically boils down to uh, that Paul Thomas Anderson told him not to shit on bad movies. Uh, And specifically, there's a quote in here from uh, Krasinski, which I guess I'll just read it. That way we can kind of talk about it. Um, But anyway, what he says is, uh, I'll tell you a big life lesson. Paul was over at my house. I think it was my 30th birthday party, and I had just seen a movie I didn't love. I said to him over a drink, it's not a good movie. And he so sweetly took me aside and said very quietly, don't say that. Don't say that it's not a good movie. If it wasn't for you, that's fine. But in your our business, uh, we've all got to support each other. The movie was very artsy and he said, you've got to support the big swing. If you put it out there that that movie's not good, they won't let us make more movies like that. Uh, and he goes on to say, dude, Paul Thomas Anderson is out there on the wall for us. He's defending the value of the artistic experience. He's so good that maybe you... Um, He's so good that maybe you project onto him that he's uh, allowed to be snarky, but he's the exact opposite. He wants to love everything because that's why he got into movie making. And ever since then, I've never said that I hate a movie. So this article really struck me quite a bit because, like, obviously, I feel like on this podcast, I've, you know, been pretty outspoken, (laughs) (laughs) to say the least. You don't Um, say. You know, railed on some things and had some opinions and at the same time i think all of us kind of had some opinions byron maybe a little bit less so because you generally try to find something yeah definitely. you like something about good, it yeah. yeah um there's been movies i feel like jake it was just straight up not like <laughs> uh, i mean not the obvious like think, bro episode but like other ones i think too. the only one where i'm like pissed off that it exists is boondock saints but I think everything else, it's like, I don't really like this, but I get why people like it. You know what I mean? But Boondock For Saints, sure. I just like, my brain just cannot handle <laughs> the existence of the movie. There might be room for like one bad movie. I think there is space for me at least. So, But I think but, what's important here though is really just like, it, 
It's true. It's like kind of our last episode where we talked about data-driven content creation, where it if you say that you don't like something or you don't consume something, then they're going to assume that you don't want it, so they're going to pander to your tastes, yeah. which generally leads to bland or bad bad content. Right. And that's right. kind of what he's getting at here, where it's like it doesn't matter whether you like it or not because there are people who like it. It's important that it gets made. Right. Which sort of reflects, you know, like, Solo, I think, for an example, which we'll get into here in a little bit. But, like, it's it's, right. it's really that thing where, like, yes, they took a huge swing. You know, they tried to hit that home run. Maybe they didn't hit the home run, but at least it happened. And that's kind of more important because otherwise you'll just get, I don't know, derivative bullshit. Yeah, you yeah. know, we'll get what we're getting now, which is this fucking every year a marvel movie and and you know what i mean and it's like the same thing just dressed up in a different person but it's essentially the same bullshit fed to you like every time <laughs> right so like it's important you don't you wouldn't get stuff like the favorite or killing of a sacred deer or whatever you know yeah. climax or yeah. some niche film where it's like wow you can make content like this yeah. because there is people you know what i mean so it it and then and I think in their space too, especially in John Krasinski's space, because I feel like he's a little more visible than Paul Thomas Anderson just because being an actor, where like you are a influencer. As much as like that's kind of a ridiculous term, he is an influencer. Yeah, and the too. things that he says, people will latch on to because of knowing right. him from The Office or knowing him from his you know as other acting like right, right. like jack um, ryan he's in that big jack, show yep, even jack yep. ryan and then uh what was the michael bay movie oh uh 13 hours 13, 13 hours, hours. Yeah, yeah yeah and then now the quiet place right. which now he's back in the spotlight talking about the sequel of that movie potentially like he's an influencer and what he says a lot of people will form their opinion on it because he said it so like Right. It's a really interesting thing for PTA to like really just be like, hey, like it's fine if you don't like it. Just keep that yeah. to yourself. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Like and that's not because he doesn't want to hear it, it's just because like we're trying to all help each other here. Like everyone's got a different movie they want to make and the only way they can get it made is if we all support each other in right. getting these, these right. stuff made. I, I love that John Krasinski is talking about this more than I love I like I love that PTA was like, Hey, John, come on man. You know, appreciate this, appreciate the swing, appreciate the effort. I like, I love that, but I love that John Krasinski's like came out and said this publicly. Exactly. Like, I love that he's like, this is where I want to be. I want to, I want to live in this like artsy world, and I, 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 I want to be a filmmaker, and I want to be part of the culture, um, and like, I want. The, everyone to like like more our films <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and i i love that that he had the balls to take that stance because there's so many people who like would be embarrassed by that and they would try to hide it you know they would just be like oh yeah i was never like that but totally. i love that that he's like open to the fact that he can change and i wish more people were, were like that but i understand that they're not because there's so many you know um things that come out from people who who say stupid shit and then it's like well i changed but it's Mm -hmm. like too offensive for people to handle but i'm glad that krasinski is just like hey let's i'm gonna 
look to the future with this thing. Because it could have been the other way around, right? It could have been Anderson coming out and being like, oh, yeah, Krasinski made this statement, and I took him aside and was like, hey, like, you know. Could yeah. you imagine what, how different the article would exactly. yeah, feel definitely. if it, it would be like, God, fuck you, Paul Thomas Anderson. Exactly. Because yeah. yeah. Anderson already has that sort of, like, like they said kind of in the article, too, like, you think he might be this pretentious, maybe yeah. douchey, <laughs> highbrow filmmaker, but maybe he's actually not. So, like, but you're right. The fact that it came from Krasinski, the fact that a big influencer is willing to say, hey, like, maybe I was wrong. Like, I mean, most people can't even say that, yeah. let alone right. yeah. someone who's in the spotlight, you know. So, like, having him come out and be like, hey, guys, might not be great. But it needs to be made. So, yeah. like, just right. at least kind of think about it like that. Like, there are people who want to do it. There are people who might have loved the project that just didn't turn out how they thought it would. There's people who rely on the paychecks that yeah. the project provide. Like, there's a lot that goes into it. So, it overall, that kind of statement just kind of definitely hit me a little bit. and was like, damn, like, like it's fun to kind of have those kind of out there opinions yeah, and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. at the same time, maybe we should... I maybe I should be like, hey, right. what can we find that's good about this? Like, wasn't my thing, but like, you know, maybe we can find something about it that's like, right, right, right. Or, except for you know, Boondock Saints. <laughs> except yeah, obviously. The the other thing I I would think about is this is like great PR for Krasinski, right? This makes totally. him look really attractive. Like, oh, he had Paul Thomas Anderson over for his birthday, and I think it's no coincidence that. Um, Oscar season is coming up and this article just kind of appears out of nowhere that basically attaches his name to Paul Thomas Anderson who is a Academy favorite um, <laughs> so I, I feel like this article might be coming from a place of pushing for the Oscars or whatever but I love I, I just I mean I already love John Krasinski so much uh, I'm a huge fanboy of his but uh but uh, this article still makes me feel better about him. <laughs> so. Definitely. <laughs> and it's important to note that, like, he Anderson is saying this more because of Krasinski's position in society, as opposed to, like, it doesn't necessarily matter as much if Joe Blow is like, well, fuck that. I don't like it. It does on a, on a larger scale because of the influence of a large scale of people, yeah. a large amount of people sure. on something. But the fact that Krasinski is in this point where he's being talked about and stuff like that, it's like, hey, dude, like, yeah. for the rest of your filmmaking <laughs> cohort, try not to be so outspoken. Go go home and tell Emily, like, hey, I fucking hated that. But yeah. don't tell the press that you hated that. You know what right. I mean? Like, split especially, those two things Especially up. if it's her film. You should definitely go yeah. back and be like, <laughs> Emily, look, Mary Poppins was garbage the girl on the train <laughs> why did you do that why did you make this movie yeah i was actually gonna bring that up because like his wife emily blunt like she's her career got started from independent film like yeah. you know like exactly. and i she's worked with i mean some of the best names in the business i mean like denise van Uve and you know all these also pal mm-hmm. palowski or i don't know how to pronounce his name but um all these you know directors um and she switches back and forth from like the big budget you know mary poppins sort of stuff to you know sicario which was you know pretty low budget that ended right. up becoming actually a pretty big box office hit but you know just doing doing smaller films and stuff and i think that's i think that says a lot about like him too that he's with her you know what i mean like i think i think that has to be you have to connect that i mean i know they're separate people but 
like obviously i think their viewpoints on uh, about the industry are probably pretty similar you know yeah yeah um so i think that's pretty pretty cool um on both of their parts for sure it is cool and you know what i say to that what you say that they're obviously different people i say give it 10 years (laughs) you know that's all it takes in a marriage 10 years and eventually you're the same person that's all it takes so when we're oh, 10 years takes... deep into this podcast, we'll come back, we'll circle back around oh, to this shit. episode. Yeah. Oh, like, shit. Well, we'll circle back around and my name will be Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> It'll just be Jiffany Fultz. Jiffany. Oh, Want man. some peanut butter with that? That was a bad joke. Yeah. <laughs> God. All right, moving on. Uh, uh, this episode. On before people know what I said. So this is really our, like, I guess, first episode of the year. Mm. I th- because I released the other one, I think, right before the year ended. Um, and this is Byron's birthday week, so you're kicking off 2019 for sweet, us. Sweet. Um, <laughs> with, I mean, the bar is set. I don't know if the bar is set high or set low, but it's set yeah. somewhere. Um, and we are going to go places here today. <laughs> right. So our first film is Solo, or The 120 Days of Sodom, um, released in 1975. In World War II Italy... Four fascist libertines round up nine adolescent boys and nine girls and subject them to 120 days of physical, mental, and sexual torture. Pretty uh, succinct description. Yeah. Pretty accurate. Um, Solo was written and directed by uh, Pier Paolo Pasolini. It stars... I'm going to... Okay. Also, both of these movies are Italian. I don't speak Italian. If I butcher these names, I mean... Get, Get your hand up there. Yeah, do the... Get your hand <laughs> up. There you go. It stars Paolo Bonacelli. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, for George... his hand is up with the little, <laughs> It is, it is. For all the listeners, yeah. yeah. You're looking like a cone. Uh, Giorgio Cataldi, Umberto Paolo Quintaville, Quintaville, uh, Aldo Valletti, Caterina Borato, Elsa De Giorgi, Helena Sergeri, and Sonia Saviange. Salviangi. I don't know if you're actually supposed to pronounce all the letters I know, in Italian. Yeah. Um, the second film is The Great Beauty, released in 2013. Now, remind me, The Great Beauty appeared on your list. Yeah. For the best of 2018, but it was also, was it also no, in your not, top? not best 2018. Okay, but it was your top, in your top. It was in my top 10. Okay, of all time. Of all That's time. right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. Where when was I, it on that? Was it high or low? Um, I feel like it was fairly high. I think it's kind of like, yeah, it's fairly high. I was like, it might have been like I mean they're not in exact order but there was like right. five or four or I want to like say it was oh, right in there yeah, yeah. it was right like middle. pretty high yeah. on the list all things considered right um, but yeah I saw that when it came came out on, in 2013 or 2014 is when I when I saw it uh, so I didn't see it this year well I mean I oh, watched gotcha. it this year but I, not for the first time <laughs> right right <laughs> this past year yeah yeah. Trying to see if I could find your list. Real yeah, I saw quick. it when it first came out. As soon as it came out on on Blu-ray, a so okay, it, I, I snatched that shit up. It oh, appeared at number four, tied oh, cool. with Eyes Wide Shut. Four. Okay, cool. On your list, that makes oh, wow. sense. Um, so, The Great Beauty released in 2013. Quick little summary: Jep Gambardella has seduced his way through the lavish nightlife of Rome for decades, but after his 65th birthday and a shock from the past. Jep looks past the nightclubs and parties to find a timeless landscape of absurd, exquisite beauty. Uh, the Great Beauty was written by Paolo Sorrentino and Umberto Contarello. It was directed by Sorrentino. 
It stars Tony Servi- uh, Servillo, Carlo Verdoni, uh, Sabrina Ferrilli, Carlo Bucciroso, uh, Aya Forte. That's what it is. Aya. I was like, I know this one. <laughs> Aya Forte and Pamela uh, Villoresi. Yeah, that sounds um, right. Sounds right. Don't shoot I, me. I think no. the listeners couldn't tell that you didn't have your hand up on that. <laughs> I, I, I think I they went, could tell. I went full English with that one. <laughs> so there's a couple of things I guess I have cool. for this. Uh, but I'm on, but a lot of it's focused around you and your interests. Yeah. I guess. But uh, I guess the first thing that I want to I want to just kind of <laughs> say to kind of kick this episode off because we've talked about Solo before, yeah, uh, and we talked about potentially doing like an extreme cinema episode, maybe paired with like a Serbian film or something like that. Um, but we brought it in here, paired with this film. But uh, I gotta say, what the fuck with that movie? <laughs> <laughs> Which one are you talking about? <laughs> Solo. Oh. <laughs> What the fuck, man? <laughs> like, I feel like, I mean, we've really, we have never covered anything yeah. like this. Like, yeah. I, we've covered, and I've seen some, ex, like, more extreme movies. I put Baskin up there as a more extreme movie with some of the shit that you see and stuff that happens. But, I don't know, man. Solo exists on, like, a, another level. Like, another really plane does. of existence where you're kind of like, damn, like... <laughs> This exists yeah, as yeah. a movie, right? But like, someone, someone made this. Yeah, someone made this. <laughs> a group of people made this together. Yeah, no, not just one person. A lot of people came right. together to make this movie. Yeah, but really, like, like what the fuck? Because <laughs> I don't get it. Okay. And I yeah. came, went into this movie being like, "Wow, I, I have the impression that this movie is actually supposed to be really good." Yeah. Because there's a lot of people from. Martin Scorsese and yeah. John Waters yeah. Michael, to Michael Haneke, Haneke to David Cross yeah, yeah. saying that this movie is one of the yeah. most important movies like ever made. I can but see that. What, what? That makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, your, your opinion is the one I'm most I, curious about. I, yeah, like, I'm, I'm so, so honestly, curious about it. And if we can get straight up opinionated if yeah, we want I to, think to we kind should, of get shit I out of the way. I think we should go just get that right out of the way. Should we just get it out like, of the way? How, like, what, do you, like sure. what, what, what were your thoughts on, on Solo? You should know? we just do like a basic roundtable really fast and just get sure. it all out of the way? Sure, yeah. Okay. Okay, Byron. Uh, um, uh, uh, about both movies? Yeah, just which like one, which I guess. One, which one I like more? Probably, I would imagine it's the oh, great beauty, but like... Skip, think, skip the guessing. Just say it right out. You want to just say it? Sure, yeah. Yeah, let's yeah just say sure. It. I think for me, the great beauty, but in a different, completely different way. Just the great beauty is just... They're not the same movie at all. Yeah, so, the great like. beauty, it's just I can watch that movie at any point. Like, ten minutes in an hour and a half and I'll still finish the rest. Like, you know what I mean? Like it, it okay. it's just one of those movies that I can't stop watching it when I start. And I, it just, I keep going back to it. There's just so much that I can learn from it's like camera movement, camera movements and the way it, it, it focuses on silence and all this sorts of stuff. Um, uh, but I love solo. I mean, I think it's a super, super important movie and it's not in my top 10, but it's definitely, you know a film that i really 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 respect and i definitely hold it dear but it's another uh, we could talk about it later but it's another one of those films that's like the more you watch 
the more your ideas on it change. Hmm. So I'm kind of curious. I can this see is, that. This is both like your first time watching it, right? Oh, yeah. 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 So I'm curious, you know, maybe like earlier, you know, 10 years down the road, if you guys have seen it more than once, what what your thoughts on it would be. Because I've seen it like this is probably my fourth time. One of those times was probably like I wasn't completely in tune with it, but I've definitely seen it twice, like, you know, straight up. Um you know the full thing like sat down and watched it and this time was definitely a different experience than the the first two times i had seen it like it was definitely like it wasn't as like as controversial i think maybe because i knew what was going on and i could focus in on like the dialogue knowing what's gonna happen definitely helps although you should watch it without knowing what's gonna happen exactly yeah so i think for me this time around i was focused really on the dialogue and like the stories that like the lady the stories that were told yeah Yeah. you know stuff like that so i was focused more on that because i knew all the graphic parts visually when they were coming up and what they were going to be so i didn't have to really i wasn't really focusing on that i was really focusing on like oh so what is that actor what what are his you know intentions i was focused in more on the nuance part of it which is super fascinating you know and then you could start seeing because before i watched it this time around i was reading about like michael haneke and how he thinks it's you know it's one of his favorite films and i was like fuck man like i'm such a michael haneke fan then i'm like okay i really want to see what michael haneke sees in it so i was kind of seeing it through the eyes of his films this time around which made me more focus on like how it was shot and how what the characters are saying because not so much like the actual the cheaper aspect which is just the visual you know what I mean? Um, right. Sure. Like violence. Right. Um, but yeah. But de- yeah, I, my, if I had to pick the two, the great beauty is the one that I, that I like more. Um, not because it's less violent or anything. It's just one of those movies that I think it's just like so beautiful and it just says so much, you know, different stuff, but we can get into that later too. <laughs> cool. Um, for me, I actually wasn't a huge fan of either one of these mm. movies. Um, but the great beauty i mean i think was a better one yeah overall i guess i don't know if my expectations were just set really high for solo yeah but i just kind of felt like the graphic nature of it wasn't justified because it was Mm. so poorly written oh okay like the whole time we're listening to these stories from these women it's just like i get it (laughs) <laughs> I get it. Like, you've been through some stuff in your life starting from when you were, like, seven. Yeah. And I just don't care. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, you're already an automatic piece of shit for <laughs> the position you're in. And, like, it, it you know, the, the four dudes are literally just, like, melodramatic yeah. evil. Yeah. You know, yeah. even down to kind of their cheesy laughs and stuff and just, like... If it was, if they were more well-rounded as a, like, if there was a more gray area, which I get at the same time, this is a comment on the, I mean, you don't want gray area with fascism because a fascist is a piece of shit. So, you know, which is part of this movie too. Like, you don't necessarily want to give the fascist anything to kind of relate to. Yeah. And I, there is that aspect of it. Um, But I think for storytelling... It's important to have even your most vile character doesn't see themselves as vile. Yeah. 
and there's a problem that exists if your character kind of sees themselves as a piece of shit and then you just roll with that as like a thing so if it was a little more well written in that regard I think I would have liked it more and even could have looked past some of the things. It's just some of it was just so like really like come like you know what I mean? Like, come on, like I don't know. Like um but the great beauty, I really liked the editing for that movie was yeah. really good. The cinematography <laughs> mm-hmm. was great, but I feel like I didn't get it. Okay, yeah. And I um but I do really want to rewatch it because I feel like on a second round I would get more of yeah the interpersonal relationships because I feel like there really wasn't much that happened. There wasn't like a lot of conflict. Right, yeah. There wasn't a lot. Yeah. He was kind of just floating around. Yeah. And I say that sort of as a hypocrite because like Knight of Cups is almost the same thing. Right. Right. Where it's like he's just kind of floating around yeah. and there's not really a lot of conflict that happens. But I, maybe it was because it's an Italian and you really have to pay a lot of attention to what they're right. saying because you have to read it. Yeah. But I just didn't feel like I really got it as much. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think I know. I think that's almost the point of the film, though, too, because he, Jeff, he he's always saying, you know, he's like quoting Flaubert or whatever, and, and how he tried to write a book about nothing, but right, but nothing in the sense of like gossip and rumors and and politics, you know, where in the end, that stuff doesn't really amount to right. To, you know, there is a, right. there is like right. an inner sort of in, inner movie metaphor with that book. Yeah and the movie because you're never writing about nothing it's right. just that the way nothing kind of appears right. is, is different yeah. so like i do i do want to rewatch it there's a lot of visuals cool. i thought cool. were really interesting uh, i just like i said i just don't feel like yeah. i really got it uh, but yeah. i really did like the music and i did like Sweet. the editing especially that beginning part where there's kind of like that club music and yeah. they're partying yeah. on the, and then he kind of just steps out and you know lights a cigarette and yeah, it's, it's kind of it's, it's just cool the yeah. way the camera floats around i really really like that a lot yeah um so yeah, I have to kind of roll with the great beauty. Uh, Solo has been really weird for me because I am thrilled that it got made. I'm thrilled that it exists because I think it's important that a movie like that does exist. Right. I don't know if I'll ever rewatch it again. Right. I right. mean, I'd rather rewatch Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wish I haven't rewatched it again, but like. I don't know, dude. I the the metaphor that people like to pull out of Solo, I guess I just didn't really see it either. Because there's like you know when you find all these directors talking about, they're like, yeah, you know, like there's these things about this and there's things about that, and it's just kind of like all the things that it's trying to say yeah. and talk about. And I was kind of just like, it, it was written so flatly for me that I did not pull any of that out of it. I just right. pulled out the literal fascists are bad. This is what fascists do. Fascists are bad. You know what I mean? It yeah, just seemed yeah. really kind of kindergarten in that regard. So yeah. maybe, I don't know, maybe in 10 years I'll rewatch it or sit, look back yeah. on it and be like, wow, maybe I was just immature or something. But I don't know. No, that's cool. That's cool know. That, 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 you know, it's cool that you have that opinion, though, for sure. It's it, interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, this the the person I'm curious about here, <laughs> Jacob, because I feel like the Great Beauty was a movie um, that you actually would have, well, probably really liked. Like I feel yeah, like actually yeah, before right. even going into it that it was going to be a movie that you really liked. So yeah, I'm curious. Same. Um, yeah, actually, I I I didn't really know about the Great Beauty um, before, um, but I did know about Solo. You know, just because it's 
famous. Um, but oh, can uh, I say one more thing with the Great Beauty first, real quick? Actually, yeah, um, I did really appreciate that it, it was a very maturely made movie. Yeah, by someone who really knows filmmaking. Because yeah. what I noticed too was the way that it was constructed and edited. I was like, damn, I don't know if I could do that. Right. Yeah. Like his concept yeah. of of this life and stuff was very very mature yeah at very yeah. high level yeah. so i really appreciated that part of it but, and it's um, cool to see a movie that has almost everybody they're they're air aging mm-hmm. you know but yet it's still sexy yeah you know it's it's interesting yeah. it's a it's a different type of one could argue that <laughs> well like sexy in the sense of just like how they're shot and how it's how it is glamorous you know what yeah. i mean yeah, yeah. it's, it's kind super of, glam yeah, yeah which yeah. is but it's but it's not like it's not like glam in like like a a really cheesy way because it shows a lot of ugliness too right it's just like where americans would put a 20 year old or a 30 year old playing a 20 year old yeah they were like no that's just people are old they get old right but people are still living in that world because they're rich and artists and everything (laughs) else so yeah Yeah. no i get what you're saying Uh, anyway jacob back to jacob yeah, um, I, yeah, I think the, that's a really good point. I didn't really think about that at all, uh, but I definitely like that about it—the fact that they do have the old people in there, and they're—it is—they are kind of sexy. I think that's <laughs> a good word. Like, I think it's like weird to say because it's like older people, obviously. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. But it's still like I think old people can be sexy in the right context, you know? Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, it, you guys are right. I like the great beauty more. Um, but um. I don't know. It's so hard to like compare these two films because they are so different, but they're also kind of the same. <laughs> yeah. In a in a weird like they're very tra- Italian. Yeah. Well, they're like, very Italian. So for insanely sure, but Italian. In like they're both kind. They're both about being trapped in uh, in a certain way. One is oh, about a rich person trapped in like what do I do? Like I don't. I'm at the top. I don't know where to go. And then the other is like being trapped at the bottom but still and and with more uh fucked up shit happening and just shit happening (laughs) shit Um, is such a great word to describe solid (laughs) but uh but yeah i mean i I like both i think they're both good i I do think solo is harder to watch obviously Um, what did you think overall about that one about solo yeah um i mean i liked it i i thought that uh it was really interesting I really like the the dissonance, like with the music. Uh, I thought that was a really interesting, uh, like how it kicks off with like this kind of floaty rom com music, <laughs> and then <laughs> it, it goes into like this like other world, and then and then it like just it just drops you in. It doesn't like tell you what is going to be happening, so you kind of experience it with the the nine boys and the nine girls, and then as you're kind of floating through it, you start to realize like where you're at. And I, I really liked how um, the, you don't really get to know the nine boys and girls very much, you know, who are, who are in this thing. And they, they also like, don't really react to like, they're just kind of complacent with, uh, with this. And I feel like that was really important uh, because to me, that just said a lot about, well, like it was almost like it was speaking to like corporate greed or um it, just being complacent in whatever situation you're in mm-hmm. uh and i i for that i mean i thought it was great you know and mm-hmm. yeah it does yeah. like do it in an extreme way um but i 
you know, <laughs> I think you have to appreciate the fact that they were doing things like eating poop and, um, <laughs> you know, doing like, like there's a lot of rape and there's a lot of sexual assault and there's just, you know, a lot of uh, physical abuse. I think you have to appreciate the fact that all that stuff is in there because it is about being complacent. Like it is like the most extreme complacency movie. Um, so I mean, I liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was dope. I thought it was really good. Um, Interesting. And it, I feel like it really like turned my my brain. Um, you know, it, it it got me thinking while I was watching it, and then and then it would quickly get me out of thinking, and I would just be like, oh god, <laughs> why are they eating poop? Um, but uh, but the great beauty I, I think is is really nice. I I I'm I. I tend to like plot a little bit. I do like mood in films, but this movie like really like stood out to me as like something that is like, Oh, I, I get, I love, I just loved all the character interactions and just like the mood of the whole thing that I, it, it was like, this is like a rare treat for me to enjoy this. So that's nice. why I like the great Sweet. beauty uh, yeah. more, but I think that these both, both these movies are like amazing and deserve all the credit that they have gotten in the past. Oh. Would they would both or one of them or uh, be in your, the top two thousand eighteen films? Um, you might see them in the twenty nineteen since, since oh, okay. we are That's in the we're in the twenty nineteen. Okay. So, okay, so cool. you might see them. I I okay. don't know. I I'd have to. Uh, I'm gonna do a better job with my list this year because I feel like there was like probably like ten films that I didn't think about that could have mm. wound up on my twenty eighteen. But I'm I'm recording. I'm back on Letterboxd. I'm, I got Sweet. every single film. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, it's I I always like this though too because we always come out on different spots. I yeah, think yeah. expect like the fact that Jacob probably likes Solo more than I did is yeah, it's I think an interesting remarkable. little flip. Yeah, <laughs> flip. And I, that's not to say that it's not stuff that I don't respect about the movie. Right. Just, I just yeah, I don't know, man. I just yeah, right. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I'd watch it again. I'd maybe watch it with someone who hadn't seen it before. Um. Oh, actually, that sounds kind of uncomfortable. Uh, so I, I don't no, know. I don't know. You if tell someone again. to watch it and then come talk to you later if well, they're funny. still your friend afterwards. <laughs> I was telling Tiffany about it. I was like, I'm watching this really one of the most controversial movies of of really of all time. It's like terribly offensive. There's rape. There's all this stuff in it. Uh, and then I watched it, and then I told her about it, and she like was like, "Can we not talk about this?" <laughs> Aren't you glad you're married already instead of like waiting to get married? Because you might not be. <laughs> right, and I was just like, "Yeah, I guess that makes sense." We're like, we were like at a bar, just like hanging out, and I'm just talking about like people eating poop and like, you know, she's just like, "Can we just move on?" <laughs> I like how that's the part of the whole movie that really sticks with you the most, though. Well, it does because that was the that poop. was the. I had the biggest physical reaction to that. Uh, that shows hearing people gag for yeah. me makes me gag. Like I think I could watch people eat poop all day. I think I could, but to hear them gag suddenly, suddenly oh. that's when I like it. I I turn. You know, my phys- my my physical body starts to well, not like it. Like Byron and I were talking about this specific section too. The part of the poop section that got me the most was when they're on the stairwell, and like you could see him walking up with like the kid dressed in the as a bride, like the the whatever, and you see him walking up because they're gonna go 
quote consummate their marriage and then right it cuts in and then you see that he's got shit just all over his mouth <laughs> right, and then right. he goes in for a kiss it's like, <laughs> like jesus dude <laughs> it's jesus. so gross it's oh, brutal so gross. like uh yeah i think it's funny for me if i didn't know that the fake poop wasn't I mean, we know it's if, all fake. If I, if I knew well, that yeah. it wasn't... No, no, this is what's weird. Is if oh. I knew it wasn't chocolate and stuff, it wouldn't be as bad to me. Like... That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, I know it's weird. I'm not a chocolate... I'm not a big chocolate guy. And Obviously. And I'm not... <laughs> if you equate it to poop, I, you're not I a big chocolate guy. I think it's really disgusting, like, to have, like, a mouthful of, like, chocolate syrup or anything like that. Like, that just grosses me out. Like, it really does. And it's almost worse than, like me imagining what shit would taste like in the sense that like that sweet like i don't know how to describe it man like i would rather make out with a guy who's got a mouthful of chocolate than eat shit oh no i mean same same <laughs> but at the same time like because i knew like i put myself in the actors because i because like, i know it's not real so i'm like then seeing it through the actor's eyes and they're having to stuff their mouths with like this chocolate shit and it gross that's what grosses me out because i can't i don't really see it as poop i see it as like these actors that are like shoveling their faces full of but they're naked in this dirty ass room and and that's what grosses me out does that make sense it does but it's so weird it It makes sense but it's weird (laughs) such a weirdo the mindset that i have yeah i completely disagree but i understand what you were saying I, I don't know how to describe that better. Is but, it because it's molassesy? Is it because it's like no? Actually, heavy? you know what? I love molasses. Like molasses is the whole other thing. I actually <laughs> molasses love molasses in your mouth. I, I love molasses cookies and shit. That wouldn't bother me as bad. <laughs> but actually, if it was like if it was like mola- like syrup molasses, it would be a lot better than chocolate for sure. Because it's not so as sweet. Bizarre to me. <laughs> There's something about that sweet. Like I can't deal with like sweet syrupy or like just. No, I just couldn't do it. Is it because of the sugar? I think so. It's the sugar. Like it's it, too it, much. You don't have a sweet tooth. It's too much sweets. I do have a sweet tooth, but it's... it's some, not, some people aren't chocolate fans. I'm just not it's a like fan of, like, it's not a fan of chocolate. chocolate in, like, any sort of, like, semi-liquid form. Like, like wine, like chocolate wine. Ugh. Okay, but you so like let's, dark let's beers. I do like dark beers, yeah. Those can be chocolatey. Yeah, which I don't mind that those because they're more bitter because i like dark chocolate i just don't like the sweet chocolate okay okay let's get let's get down to business with this thing would you rather have a (laughs) mouthful of chocolate in your mouth or a mouthful of poop in your mouth i'd rather have a mouthful of chocolate in my mouth okay (laughs) yeah okay wait next question next question okay would you rather have keith have a mouthful of chocolate (laughs) in his mouth or a mouthful of poop in his mouth and you had to watch him eat it I mean, interesting in a, question. In a way, in a way, I I'd, I'd rather see him with the chocolate because because I you know, don't want I, Keith to I, eat poop, right? Because I know right. Keith. If that wasn't a factor, and if it was a, all about your if experience, were, maybe to Keith. <laughs> if we just pick someone up off the street <laughs> and said, "Byron, have them eat what, chocolate or eat shit," it might I, actually be better if they because like, have you seen the movie? Maybe Flamingos? what if what if they think it's tastes like chocolate? What if they think it's chocolate and it tastes like chocolate, but you know that it's poop? Then that would be the worst, I think. God, that's so weird. <laughs> because, like, have you seen... You would rather see 
someone with poop in their mouth than chocolate in their mouth. That's so bizarre. Because poop is poop. Like, I don't know what it tastes like. But, but, but it's like... Because poop is poop. Yeah, poop is it, gross. It's, uh, Wait, it's but chocolate gross, is chocolate, but, though. But it's like... <laughs> Like, but people carry that around in their bodies anyway. Whereas, like, chocolate... I mean, I don't know. It's weird, dude. I don't... It's a weird thing, man. It is a weird thing. But I get it. I don't think either one of us has seen Pink Flamingos. Okay, so Pink Flamingos, there's a scene where the main actress, dude, whatever, uh, Divine, is walking, and it was unscripted. She's walking a dog, and... The dog takes a shit while they were rolling, and she picks it up and she eats it. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, I've heard yeah, about that. Yeah. yeah, and like, to me, it was gross, but it wasn't as bad as like watching Solo because I know that Solo is like chocolate. Okay, that's weird. Like I don't, so I don't, don't, I don't know it, how dude. to. I don't so, know. so weird. I, I so don't I, get it. I don't because it's like because it because for me like divine it's like it was like a stunt like yeah she ate poop like dog shit and it's gross but. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's weird. Dude, it's just a. It's a weird feeling, and I, I understand where you, you're coming from. Even though I don't. I don't really get it, but I understand. Like where it you're makes me from. gag. Plus, it's your it, birthday, so it, you can do whatever you want. Well, it makes me gag. <laughs> it, it makes me gag thinking that like, like when someone like you see like those videos of like someone taking like syrup like a syrup jar or whatever, and like they're they're just gulping down chocolate syrup uh, like super it makes, troopers. It makes yeah exactly that makes me gag. But if I see someone just eat like a handful. of quick handful of like dog shit it doesn't bother me it's like yeah okay. that's gro- it's like that's gross but it doesn't make me gag you know I, have another, I, mean? I have another question i have another question is it because <laughs> is it because you know you're never gonna eat dog shit so it's like this i think that's it, it can be I can't, completely removed, i can't relate but to it chugging syrup is something that is realistic and yeah. you have tasted syrup so it's like yeah i that, think that's what that it makes is. you gag do you like ice you cream sundaes yourself no with like chocolate no so if you had to eat a sundae, would you prefer it with the chocolate or with the shit? With the chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, that's the thing is I can't relate to the shit. That's yeah. why. Because like that would never happen. Because you, <laughs> like, you would never put poop in your mouth. <laughs> it was like serious investigations. <laughs> I, need to go on that. I don't get it. <laughs> I feel like I get it now. I, I, I think, think I get it. It's that's because why it, it's because like poop is never going to be in your mouth. I mean, uh, yeah. I think I, I mean, yeah. let's not let's not rule it out. But <laughs> but up until this point, poop's never been in your I mouth. I can't believe we're going so, through this fucking episode. Well, here, let me finish. But then the uh, <laughs> but chocolate realistically can be in your mouth, and you don't like too much chocolate in your mouth. <laughs> right. But you can't say that you don't like too much poop in your mouth because. Because you, um, any amount of poop hasn't ever been in your mouth, right? Uh, and I, as, and I, as of now, and I don't know anybody that's even do- that's tried that either, so I can't relate to it on any level. As far as you know, yeah, well, yeah, they've never <laughs> yeah, talked that's to me true. about Keith it. Keith over so. there is like, I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> shh. You you go to the but, ice cream shop, well, they'll take you out back. You get a special uh, soft serve in the back, <laughs> the special chocolate soft serve. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, but I mean, man. I think I, for me, like that to me was like the grossest part of Solo in the sense of like what it didn't, it didn't, that, to me, it's not like it's hard to watch for me. It's just, it is gross though. You know, right. just that, that it's well, just knowing that it's like chocolate and that it's stuck in their teeth. Like I hate that. Like those close up <laughs> shots of like it <laughs> like stuck in their teeth, you know, like, like that's, it's that's so funny. To me, you can that's tell worse that you've than seen anything it four else. times. 
we can tell that you've I don't seen remember all the, the stuck in the teeth all part. the graphic stuff like you completely or just like oh why is the chocolate in their mouth that's so god well, can't there's watch that, this movie too there's much like, chocolate there's like that scene you know where they're, they're like during the you know the wedding thing and they're they're all sitting down eating and the there's like the naked chick is kind of in the front who's like on the ground and she's got this huge platter of shit in front of her right and there's just like these quick cuts of like like her when like when you see like her mouth open and she's got like shit in there you know right it's interesting it's just and that's what that's what stuck out to me and that's what i remember or in you know it's what i think of as like oh god that's disgusting but like like the person putting like the nails in the bread and shit that doesn't bother me like you know and like the first time i saw it I think the scene that really stood out to me was like when they had like the boys and the girls like all lined up kind of like together and they're like with their flashlights like serve you know like going yeah, through I and checking all really their like buttholes you know like yeah yeah and 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 that it you know it it wasn't even so much the ass it was like the butthole specifically like yeah. who gets turned on by like the butthole you know what the i mean like president who's cross-eyed yeah you know so that's <laughs> So there was like yeah. little things like that that that's what really the first time I watched it things like that that's what stuck to with me because I'm like that is so fascinating where it's so fetishized it's so beyond what normal people would like take as like sexual or fetishistic you know it's it's and and that's where like Marquita Saad comes in I mean because this this movie is based on partly her his book you know his book um 120 days of sodom so i he combines like that you know serious piece of like interesting sexual literature right and then puts it on screen um and it's just done in a super weird way that that's what i i take i i took more of that shit not shit but i took more of that <laughs> stuff um, away <laughs> than like the gross aspect nature of the film i don't know right if that makes any I, sense. I think that's really interesting and i um w- one thing about that scene in particular uh that is kind of neat yeah it is about the butthole but the fact that it is like man or woman right you know and that yeah. whole like like there it this movie's like very gender open you know yeah, very, yeah. Gen- very indiscriminate like, yeah. yeah they don't give two shits about what um <laughs> Or two, sorry. They don't give two chocolates <laughs> about what um, gender you are. Right. Uh, so. And that's, and that was like Marquita Saad's whole thing. Like it. it it's about know. the body. Yeah. It's about the, yeah, the ex- sexual yeah. experiences of the body and, and really anything that the body can make. It's, yeah. It seems like whether it's any, any sort of fluid or solid mm. um, excrement or any, anything that comes yeah. out of the body is like of value. Yeah. Except for I don't think they ever touch on vomit. No, not so much. Yeah, I think no, they, they focus on shit and piss. Yeah, but I and, wouldn't. I wouldn't put it out of yeah. the realm of that world because they. They. Uh, but maybe it's because the. Uh, I guess do they do they do the spit thing? Are they? I don't think there is some spit, spit. At, at the very beginning. The oh, guy he spits, spits on her. in her face, and it yeah. and it's such a white spit that it's like reminiscent of semen. Like it's totally done on right. purpose. You know. Yeah, it's yeah, interesting. That makes sense. But like, that was that was well, that wasn't spit. That was come from uh, three minutes ago when he was, you know, sucking. Yeah, I mean, off. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, but listeners. It's it's also like interesting. Like when you com- like when you Jeez. think of this film in relation to like the cook, the thief, his wife, and her lover too. Like there's a lot of similarities 
there is yeah you can see like the combination but or like well yeah it's so fascinating because those like everyone's naughty parts like it's it 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 is such a weird uh thing that we're all fascinated by like butts and penises and and vaginas and stuff but um but those are also the things that you know have like the piss and the and the shit but we we, but we all are are still like interested in those things you know like ben affleck has like a nice butt you know you know what i mean like he just does um but it's like that's also what he poops out of you know so it's like this weird (laughs) you know it's this weird like in between like we we like this thing only at certain times and then when they're in the bathroom, we don't like that thing. Yeah, know? I mean, I think that's what's interesting is for most people, there's that difference. Difference, like we can, we can separate. But for these guys and girls, there is no difference. It's all right. part of the same. They 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 like it all. You know, right? They have um, like an appreciation for it in its yeah. like, and they they want like the um, they want the, it like the dark side and, and the, yeah, yeah. the the good stuff and the bad stuff they like want the whole experience with, with yeah it, which is weird <laughs> and like yeah i don't know but i feel like there's a lot of similarities to like the great beauty as well like and you brought up a good point with like th- that it's kind of about you know t- characters that are trapped in a sense like right. i like that that was that was a good way of like putting that but it's also like just about like the landscape of of Italy, you know. The Great it Beauty is, yeah. in itself is Rome, but at the end of Rome or at the Great Beauty, you know, like the guy that gets arrested, his um his uh, the his, his neighbor, neighbor yeah. you know, like right. and, he, and he says like I'm I'm the the guy that keeps this country running, you know. Right, um, right. and stuff and it's it is like a very politically kind of charged moment where like you know, it it's the, the film is saying you know like you know what i mean it's it's a definitely a political part of the film and it's like oh, yeah based on the guy in the movie his name is moneta so that's like italian for money but in real life a guy named denaro which is italian for like their dollar mm-hmm. um was really on the top 10 most wanted in the world and had just been arrested um, oh i see so that was a so specific call it was to... a specific call exactly wow. to to that so like there's so much to that film that even as I mean, I'm not Italian, so I, I I can only get so much out of it from what I re- read and just different times I've watched the film. But there's so much going on in that movie. That I think that's why I like it so much, you know, too. It's like just it, the themes. Yeah, it's like full of themes, it, yeah. it feels like. And I, I, I really like that scene where he calls out that woman. Yeah, you know, where she's yeah. like that he has like his little monologue and and for me that yeah. was definitely a standout of like like it was like one of those quit your bullshit um yeah. moments um, i mean and it's and it's and he's he's harsh to her so you feel bad for her because right. she's because she's now like literally like she's she's not literally but she's she's naked in front of them all you know exactly yeah. like and it, it's it and in a way it's a, it's a sort of it's it's kind of like solo too where you know it's it's a little menacing even though you know jep isn't a menacing guy but the that scene just the what because of the context yeah. because he, yeah you you know that he like means well and he yeah the, i think he does get like a maybe he doesn't get a satisfaction from it but he 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 does like feel like it's like she needs to hear this and and right. that she she's maybe 
uh, not being herself or something, or isn't yeah. true to herself, which is, I mean, I've, he, his, his thing is that he's just on the quest for truth the, in the whole film, and he yeah. just can't find it. And he, he sees, like, the, the kid... Uh, painting, which was the coolest. That was the coolest thing I've <laughs> yeah. ever seen. Like I, I knew you'd love that. I knew you'd love that and, scene. Yeah, I love that. Uh, but <laughs> it, just the fact that he is like, that's bullshit, you know, and is like it, is on his quest for for truth and identity. I, that was something that really spoke to me. Yeah. Um, and t- for me, that's just what the whole film is about. Is like, yeah. what is what is the truth? You know. Yeah, I mean, like to me, I think one of the most touching things about the movie for me was like he meets you know um i forget her name now but the, the stripper the 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 guy uh, or the ch- the guy's friend's daughter um oh you know ramona. and, and ramona, ramona yeah oh, and ramona. and they don't they don't like they don't start off like like as a couple like he's just kind of like oh i'm curious you know and she's like floating in her pool and and they start right. and they you know they have dinner and stuff but then it be, kind of becomes like kind of like a relationship i mean you see him and she's kind of like naked in her his bed but they're like they de- they didn't have sex they're like right you know but he, they're they like didn't? It's, they didn't know because he's like she's like it was so good not to or he says it was so good not to like to to like have sex but just to like be in love with close to someone in love like like be yeah see like apparently i missed yeah so i missed missed that too actually so it's like interesting but so it's kind of cool like i that was my favorite part kind of one of my favorite parts of the film was just like the sentence that they got together in like a different way than he was getting with like all the other women you know like it was different and it reminded him of um the girl from his past um and that's also partly why she fell in love with him because she tells him her first time of having sex and then she's like well how about you you need to tell me and he starts to talk about the girl that you know and he's like i was 18 and she was 20 blah blah, blah. and he de- he never finishes he gets lost in his memory and she sees that and hmm. she she suddenly sees that he's like just lost in this memory and he doesn't finish and she like i think that's when she like falls in love with him you know and like right. from there it's like for me i was like man that's a cool couple like right there because like they fell in love with each other kind of by accident you know right and then she dies and it's like this but it's done in this way where it's just like so different from anything else i've seen and i'm like fuck i really appreciate that you know like right. i'm not normally like a lovey-dovey like romantic comedy or romantic film type of person but it seemed so more like true to life you know kind of like in the mood for love right where it seemed honest and it seemed like, honest and, and like yeah and both of those films you know it doesn't end on like a happy you know you know like they don't really get together but i, I that was one of my favorite parts but there's like this little scenes you know in the film that are like my favorite like when he's walking through the city and he looks over and the um middle eastern guy is eating and his wife is wearing the burqa and she doesn't have a plate of food she's just sitting oh there yeah yeah and watching him eat and just little things like that that you know the more you watch it just like it just says so much i don't know it's cool yeah it feels like there's like some hidden truth in there or something yeah yeah he's just observing and that's i just love movies where it's just like the main character is just like observing just watching yeah yeah and he is a reporter so i feel like he is always like on the on the hunt for like something yeah yeah and this is this is one of those movies where i mean they, they always a common uh thread you'll see in like screenwriting 
notes or whatever is like have your character be in charge of your story and i think jep is in charge of his story but he's also not at the same time (laughs) yeah like he's kind of like like he doesn't really know like what he wants but he's like in charge of trying to find out what yeah yeah. so it's like he is in charge but like because of that the story like plot wise doesn't go anywhere and it's it's basically this movie about him just trying to figure out what it is that he wants it's basically like the um it's like the scene when the actor does the refusal of the call and it's like when that this is when the movie starts after the refusal of the call and is like right before they actually like go and and do the thing you know so this is like the scene in um the matrix where he like denies the um does he deny the oh my god does he deny the the pill at first uh, i can't it's been I can't so long <clears throat> i don't remember no he I don't takes think he does. the no he, he takes, takes the right the, pill yeah. it's it's when he 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 oh he gives up on the uh on the building when he's climbing oh that's oh, what, that's what yeah. he, he's like climbing on the building he's like i can't do it i'm not gonna do it uh and then he goes into the the room and then he goes back to um back to his apartment and that's like where this movie is it's just like in that weird space and that's the whole movie and yeah. it's two and a half hours long so it's like yeah this is it's a very bold thing to do but it totally works like thematically for his um uh you know for what he's trying to experience and probably what the director is trying to say too yeah um, i imagine and like the like yeah it's just i don't know and i think like to me like that's what the great beauty is too it could be both rome but it could also just be like life you know like the great beauty in life is just experiencing all those little things and just experiencing the, the, you trying to find your own path whether you right. find it or not i think that's what it, it matters that you are doing it you know what i mean i don't know yeah yeah Even, like, like the living aspect of yeah it. which is kind of cool i mean it could be reading too much into the film but I think that's the point of the film too. Is just so much going on that it's just like, I don't know. And I feel like Saw is like that too, where there's just so much going on, just done in a completely different way. I think the thing about Saw that I think maybe Keith didn't like was that I think if it was done today, it'd be more of like up your alley. I think, I think, I think, um, just having been made in '75, I think it's like overtly like i think it's maybe too simple for you you know what yeah. i mean <laughs> like like or like i think you felt it was too simple you know what i mean i like, think that's bullshit no i think I, there's a lot of <laughs> movies i like that come out of the 70s though no i know i know but right. i'm just saying but out a little of, more complex. Uh, pasolini from the 70s italian i he was you know italian 70s cinema he was he he was angry he had you know his brother was killed and all these things i think he i think he couldn't not do it in like that the most like kind of um simply like it's like it's the uniform like you can see the i feel like you can see the treatment of of this movie like in the like you can see the outline very clearly yeah because that's kind of what you said you know right because you said like you kind of just like saw the film as its main metaphor but you but you weren't getting like you didn't like you didn't you're not you didn't see it kind of like how like maybe like Kanake sees it in different like i don't know but that's like 
I don't really see it in a whole bunch of different ways either. I'm just saying, like, I think maybe you were expecting to, like, ha- be more be more of a film that was just, that said more. But why, why is it that some filmmakers are required to write in a certain way while, where others get a pass for crappy writing? Yeah, I think it's just... I think, I think it's just taste. I think it's, yeah. I think, I think... Well, people will look past, like, crappy writing in Avengers. I think... And say that that's fine. Yeah, I think... Well, um, there's so many characters... I mean, in the new one, there's so many characters to juggle. It's kind of just miraculous that they were... That it made sense. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so pick like, a movie with, like, crappy... Like, there's some... There's... I. Why does this one get a pass for shabby writing? Because the time period, because of what he's talking about, because of the extreme nature of it, like I think it's I, I don't I think that's fair. I didn't fair. mind the writing at all. I didn't like, mind the writing. Much I kind of liked but the I, stories, and I liked the seeing the form. I felt like it made way for uh, you to think about the film in a very specific way. Um, while Avengers, I, I think, is trying to entertain you i guess avengers I might not be a good comparison but like I don't, but you're kind of giving it a pass a, like right but i do that i do that a lot for films because because there are so many there's so many um there are so many things that you can look at with any film i think that are like this is a bad part of it but i would so much rather look at like the thing that it's okay doing really well so but the neon I, don't, Demon, I don't mind yeah. the writing of sallow i thought it was nice the so like the neon demon i know we bring this movie up a lot but it's a good example here because a lot of the shit that that movie got was that it was very very shallow in its in what it was going for what it was doing in its plot yeah why did that not get the pass I, I but think we're talking people, about Solo as a movie that's like the writing, because really, I think there's not a lot idea. that happens besides sort of like specific right. events. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't, it gets a I don't pass. know if people are giving Solo a pass. I, I think I, I think, think it I think is people. Though. Well, I think now because it's like it, it's from the '75, so like there's been enough time. But I think at the time it was very controversial, and I think people didn't l- like it like at all yeah i mean it's I mean, very very controversial film when it came out i mean it's still banned and yes it has been banned and like, there's there's people not giving it a pass in that sense but i'm talking about yeah I think there's it, a shallowness to the film yeah and it's focused around certain thematic elements but the reality is that when it comes to a story it's not like there's not a lot that actually happens. There's not, and there's not, there's not even really conflict because what's inflicted upon the kids is not re- really reacted upon. Yeah. There's no fighting necessarily. They just do what's told of them, and then even the movie just sort of, it literally yeah. just sort of ends. I mean, I think what you're, I think what you're trying to say in the sense of like getting a pass for me is that like, you know. One, it was super controversial when it came out. Two, he got killed for making the movie, you know. Um, well, he got killed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's not necessarily connected. I'm pretty sure it's connected. It's, it's I feel like, it's, it, there is I mean, an already official a, thing that says yeah. whether it is or not. But, he was already a controversial director. I mean, like, yeah, the Catholic Church, which, you know, is huge in, in Italy, 
were not fans of his movie uh movies of like gospel of saint matthew and um and stuff like he was already a hated figure in the uh, right in that world that i think like all that stuff on piled on top of this how just controversial this film was i think it kind of became an automatic like in a way you get a pass does that make sense see that's what yeah, i'm saying he, though like because he is this provocateur kind yeah of, kind of like von trier kind of like von trier a little bit yeah, yeah but like von I mean, trier I, doesn't I feel... really get a pass though for like his pro- provocation yeah yeah <laughs> Like, yeah, I mean it's, but that's a good that's a good comparison because I do feel like there's a lot of people that just shit on like Antichrist that just say it's like the shittiest yeah. fucking movie. They cho- that, they chocolate all yeah. over that movie, and there's like there's only there's only two two people and the writing sucks and everything and and it's just like I don't know I like I, yeah I don't know it's that's like a one of the biggest well, things I, that comes out of like newer people newer filmmakers newer content creators yeah. Especially when you're like in film school and stuff, because generally you're working out kinks and your story is that this feels very film school. And right. in certain ways, besides the 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 bravery of going as far as Pasolini really does go, there's a lot of film schooly aspects to yeah. it. Where I, like, I, I wonder he, if that's a product of film students studying this film oh i think it is because what other film before this was like it right there really isn't any i think that's why it's so i think that's why it's so uh controversial you know i mean like and 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 and, and it's studied now and people have it on kind of this higher on a pedestal you know pedestal because it's really one of the first films of its kind that did anything like that i mean like I mean, this is it's the cinematographer was the guy who did the good, the bad, and the ugly cinematography. Like, it's not oh. like it's like you know, it's it's the crew isn't like a shitty crew, you know, like right, like. But I think they were definitely okay. doing stuff. They that were was covered like, in shit, though. They, yeah, this is why I kind of <laughs> feel like this might have been a better comparison to do on a different episode. But let's say a Serbian film, right? A Serbian film has been talked about as this like metaphor for. The corporatism, or maybe the uh, yeah. elitists, like maybe Serbia, fascists, yeah. the Serbian kind of political landscape. Yeah, for sure. But due to its content, is not talked about in the same way that Solo is. And not re- here, yeah. But but leaving out that maybe Solo might have been the first one to do. Yeah. That. Yeah. Why not? Why is the Serbian film disregarded as <clears throat> maybe just? Uh, kind of trashy cinema well but it's because it's got you know 30 or more years of exploitation cinema violent cinema horror cinema and every and other trash cinema before it whereas okay but whereas this isn't you know but now we're watching solo in the same period yeah which now if you reframe it as like well now we have 30 right. years of exploitation and all this other stuff and you watch solo now yeah, like, I guess yes, you should. You can watch it with the historical lens, but you can also watch it with like, okay, we know the exploitation exists now. Why is that an excuse to say that something like a Serbian film is not allowed to be as yeah. highly regarded as solid? Yeah, dude, that's a solid, fantastic question. It's like, yeah. and to give a different example, it's there's this really interesting is a food show actually where this idea came up, um, where. The host was kind of, he's a, I want to say he's Chinese. And he was kind of pissed 
because and I can't remember who he was talking to but he was like why is it that Italian food is allowed to be the sort of more high end or like when yeah. you go out to a fancy place yeah. you might get some nice Italian food where Chinese food has always right. been relegated to the $10 plate right. The, right. the fast food the crap mm-hmm. why yeah. you can have fancy Chinese food you yeah. can have this and China has been around for longer than fucking Italy <laughs> yeah. so if we're going to talk about yeah. his so so why is it that this is allowed to be that way and this is not and why does he, why is he allowed to sit to I don't I don't like saying get the pass because I think it's right. confusing the, the concept but why is he allowed to when this is not allowed to I think for right. this particular I, case it just boils down to when they were released I really think I mean if but that's if, bullshit if, if though because right. like if, if Chinese food has been around for 10,000 years before Italian food then a Chinese food should be the delicacy and Italian right. food should not be I know be but people are dumb and they don't recognize it <laughs> I think okay, it's okay but then but I think that argument the, doesn't work though yeah I, I think mean, it's I don't, the 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 branding of it you know it's like it's it's place in society it's the public relationship that we have with Italian food uh, but I mean pizza is also Italian and it, and that is fast food as hell you know but that's also associated with parties and and having fun and it's just like what it what it feels like you know which is I think socially we get that but I I think another analogy which I think is an important one that is similar to this is Citizen Kane being the best film of all time. You know, a lot of people say that. And recently, um, some people are saying now that North by Northwest is the best film of all time. Really, who the fuck cares? <laughs> you know, they're both pretty good movies. Or Vertigo, right? Or Verti- yeah, Vertigo, yeah. yeah. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Vertigo. Um, really, who cares? You know, because they're both, like, there. But people are still just going to argue about it for the end of time. So I, d- I don't really know yeah. if there is a specific answer outside of uh, taste and um, just like yeah. how socially we relate to one another. I mean, I mean if I th- you look at every year, sorry, one more thing. If you no, look yeah. every year, critics have like their choice of a film. And I think this year, the the best film, according to a lot of critics, was The Favorite. Um, and, it, you know, Golden Globes rolls around and The Favorite kind of gets the shaft a little bit. And it, everyone's like, well, what the hell? This is definitely the best film. Look, all these people who say that it's the best film. Um, and uh, I, don't, I just I think this it's just like just because of taste <laughs> you know <laughs> I think that's why probably the same reason why Italian food is is more um, um, expensive than Chinese food and I think it's just because of taste literally taste uh, I think people just are willing to sit down and, and uh, but but also there's the presentation you know, there's a presentation of the thing when, in regards to food, you know, sitting down, getting served by an Italian person, I think, um, or a white person pretending to be Italian. <laughs> I would be curious to see this film, not shot for shot, but sequence for sequence with its extremity. Yeah. Remade like five different ways in different, like, yeah. either by different people or I don't know if genre works, but essentially by different people. Yeah. And I would be curious to see without really knowing, like just, just experiencing each version of it. Yeah. If it would still hold the same weight or people would think it was schlock because it, because the same script, use the same script, use the same, basically the same dialogue. Yeah. And the same events, the same sequencing, you can change kind of maybe the editing 
and like the the cinematography of it yeah because like the presentation right like you guys were talking right. about like maybe it's if it was remade maybe it'd be up more more of my alley yeah. so change the presentation of it but keep the basics that i'm talking about the same like the writing yeah the extreme portions of it the thematic side of it and i would be curious to see whether or not those same films would be as regarded as right. this version i don't i don't think it would that's my point yeah but i think it's kind of a point that's like it could be with any film right like 2001 yeah. space odyssey man if you made that right now eh. You know what I mean? Like, but I mean, at the same people, time, people would just be with like the same script and everything. Like, yeah, it'd be so dated. It would just be like, I. It, yeah, that's that's a good point. So it, it's kind of like it's one of those things. I think what makes it and marks it as a significant, important part is because of its time and place of right. when it was released. And I think that's what Solo has going for it. I think, I think if you like you said, if you were to take the historical lens and view Solo without that. I think you're right. I think there's movies that have been made at a lower budget that are exploitation movies that were made better and were more like said more through script and you know what I mean? Like that their script and stuff was more solid than what Solo is. You know what I mean? Like, and I think Serbian film is a good example of that. I think Serbian the uh, Serbian film is like actually in a way maybe a, a better tightly executed film than even Solo. But it's not getting the attention that Solo got because of the. It's purely just due to the history of film for it. You know, a Serbian film is just regarded to most people as a horror gore fest film. You know, because yeah. we've had the two thousands, two nineteen nineties, nineteen eighties, and parts of the seventies of gore films before it. Whereas Solo, I mean, the most violent film before Solo would have been three years before, which would have been A Clockwork Orange, you know, in Straw Dogs. <laughs> and, right. the, and then from 1972, the, the, the most violent film since then would have been like, I mean, I don't know, Blood Feast? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but I, I think the, the story behind Solo is also interesting. Like the fact yeah. that he did die. And it, regardless of whether or not he died because of the movie, he was murdered because of the movie, I think people probably thought that that was why he was murdered, you know? So I think that kind of elevates it a little bit. Um, right. And he was almost like a, a martyr of sorts. Yeah, he's like a martyr, yeah. uh, especially because I, I think this movie is giving... Um, it's It feels like it's trying to say something to everyone about the kind of ugliness of humanity. So the yeah. fact that he died for it there's something kind of really fascinating about that which yeah. i don't i don't really know the history of serbian film um so i so. wonder if there would be less impact if he didn't die probably i don't know i mean it wouldn't surprise me if it if what what annoys me is that it's just that i i the history argument for films i actually support that like i think it's fine i think it's like you do gotta look at things within the context of when they're right released and what's going on because as an all art it's a reflection of what's happening at the time what annoys me is when people cherry pick there's films we won't look at because of bad writing and mm -hmm. maybe because it's not trying to make some grander statement but because of its writing we will 
will sweep yeah. it away. Yeah. Where other films will say, but it was doing this, so we'll give it, <laughs> right. we'll say the writing wasn't as great, but but it was doing this. Right. And it came out at this time, and it's like, it's that hypocrisy yeah. that exists. And I feel like the Oscars like, are just like, gotta like It's like guilty of the same thing, right? It is. Like, there's so many good movies that will never get attention from the Oscars. Like, First Reformed, the Paul Schrader one. Like, I could have swore it was going to get Oscar buzz, man. It's getting nothing, nothing yeah. right now. And I think it's one of the best films of the year. Or and like, it's just like, what the fuck? And this, the, bu- the buzz means, like, nothing. Because, like, there's always, like, uh, for all we know, First Reform's coming out, and it'll get an Oscar nom. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it could. I just, at this point, I'm not hearing anybody talk about First Reform. No you know? It. It's all about the favorite. It's all about A Star is Born. It's all about... Um, if Beale Street could talk, it, you know, right. which those are all, all great. Black Klansmen, yeah, yeah, but stuff, yeah. but first reformed. I mean, it's by an Academy member too. It's by Paul Schrader, who I think right. is part of the Academy. You know, like, and it's it's a, a fucking fantastic piece of filmmaking. And it's it's it bothers me that like Keith said, it's it's like cherry picking, and that film may be kind of lost. You know what? You know what I mean? Is a kind <laughs> sure. of. This could be controversial to people, but kind of what I'm trying to get at, too, is how I feel about Black Panther, Mm. where there's nothing about the writing of Black Panther that's like, holy shit, they reinvented the superhero genre. It's literally just an origin story, a return story mixed in with a bad guy, and he wins at the end. There's nothing about that movie that is not completely derivative of superhero, yeah. the superhero genre. But because of its time and place of release, mm. because of its cast, because of its political nature or the, quote, grander statement, right. it gets a major pass on its on it yeah and i think i think I, that's where I they know. i think that's where the academy though like they see things differently than maybe what like maybe like how we see it whereas they're not they're looking at it through that lens as well they're looking at films that are not only going to have just a filmic impact but a, a cultural impact and black Can't panther has that in spades you know what i mean like it does, yeah. uh, culturally it's going to stand the test of time way more than like first performed but wouldn't or like even black, black Klansmen be a better example of the cultural significance of a movie coming out than black panther i mean in a way it just won't as reach it won't reach as much of a bigger as big of an audience i understand that and part, i know the oscars i understand that are wanting that's what i'm to, saying the that's, Oscar, i know it's dude that's I totally the past i'm talking about <laughs> and, the, where it's like, and the oscars <laughs> want more people to, to 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 watch their show it's about the numbers you know yeah. it which, is which and is that's why that's bullshit but that's yeah. what i'm saying like that some things, yeah, consider it in its time frame, but there's a yeah. lot of oh, feel, <clears throat> yeah. a lot of like specifically black people based films coming out that are not getting nearly the buzz right, as right. Black Panther. No, you're right. That are way more intricate than Black yeah, Panther. Better like but films, happen yeah. to be Disney Marvel right. who could pump the cash into it. And now we're talking about Black Panther when it's like that's really just not even a yeah. I mean, well, I, I'm trying I, to trying to stick with Krasinski here, and not say it's a, it's a bad I'm, movie. I'm trying I'm to totally, stick with it. Like, yeah. I'm totally with you, Keith. But I, I feel like a, another example of of what you're talking about here is is uh, is Green Book winning the Golden Globe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, a lot of people see. I haven't seen Green Book, so I can't really speak to it. But what from what I have gathered, uh, it feels like a one of those like. 
here's a black guy and here's a here's an uh, i think it's an italian guy and they're yeah. gonna racially bond over the course of the movie um which is kind of a really old-fashioned thing you know like uh i feel like they we did that w- way back in like the 70s or whatever with uh look who's coming to dinner you know <laughs> yeah like that was like the whole point of that film and that yeah. was like 50 years ago um <laughs> And so here's this movie that's recognized by the Golden Globes for its like, per, I don't th- I don't know if it is for its progressiveness. It's probably a very heartwarming story, um, that I just haven't seen. But it's like, why why should this film be the one that is, uh, the winner when there's all these other films that, like when it is kind of like a soft, it, it seems like a yeah. light uh, kind of heartwarming like white guilt kind of movie where something like black Klansman or sorry to bother you or um if bill street could talk. bill street yeah which i honestly i can't wait for that i want to see that i want to see that too that just came out today i think yeah yesterday um but uh something like that might have a stronger voice Uh, with that said i haven't seen any of these movies so i'm totally uh making it up uh as i go but i will say that spike lee um uh, has a reputation for having a very strong voice when it comes to this stuff. Um, so does uh, Boots Riley. Um, you know, it, I, I, I haven't seen the film, but apparently he has a strong voice with it. But the guy who directed Green Book is a comedy guy who did Dumb and Dumber 2. And, yeah. um, you know, he's kind of famous for his kind of slightly offensive, raunchy comedies. And he's white. And he's, and he's white um, and rich and super loaded. And, like, not that... I mean, Boots Riley is obviously rich, too. But it, it just it feels like this kind of step back. Um, yeah. And for me, like, I don't I don't mind the Black Panther. But the... Um, for some reason, Green Book kind of st- struck a weird note with me of, like, is this... Are we still here? Is this where we're at? Because it feels like we haven't progressed anywhere because of... Because mm-hmm. Golden yeah. Globe likes Green Book, but with that said, Golden Globes, these are international, right? I, I just learned this the other day, but there's only like 60 people who vote on the Golden Globe stuff versus the Academy Awards stuff, and and, and the, those 60 people are from all across the world, from many different countries. Yeah, where foreign audience press, whatever. Exactly, where the Academy is just like basically just people in uh, New York and California, <laughs> you know, vote on that. And there's like 7,000 people who vote for those. Um, so it's like, which one is more prestigious? Which one actually matters? Um, but I forgot where I was going with this, but I, I, I guess I, I get the offense of like, why does this one deserve credit when this one is fine? I think it goes back to uh, Citizen Kane and Vertigo. It's like, why does this one, why is this the best one? Well, I think in the end it just doesn't matter. And I think the problem is that Academy Films, after they get their Best Picture wins or anything like that, they suddenly get a huge boost and suddenly they're relevant to everyone and people go watch them. And uh, you can thank Harvey Weinstein for that. Fuck you, Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. No, I, you, I, that's a solid, that's a, like an awesome dis- like discussion point, though, like what you brought up. I mean, I think it's a super super important question that every filmmaker and film watcher should think about really i mean i think that's like i think especially for right now too you know i just say that in support of people who are making content because you're gonna get a lot of shit that says you know you're a fucking hack you don't know what you're doing you don't know what you're writing you're writing shit you're directing shit there's no themes 
and at the same time like you guys said i guess it, it doesn't it doesn't really matter it's like do you want to make it is it something for you and for the the audience that you are yeah kind of gunning for right uh, and and I do want Black Panther does do all that. Like it's like it hits the audience that it's gunning for, and then it says something else on top. And it yeah, and you could argue one way or another that it it's on its writing, where's its merits, you know, and stuff like that. Um, I I do want to end it and say that like I am glad that Solo is a film that did get made, right? Regardless of. The right. the specific nuance of content, but just the fact that the movie of this nature and its content. I mean, I guess I've said this before. Just movies that push the envelope, I have huge respect for. Yeah. So, although it might not be a movie that I necessarily will, in, you know, view again or that I enjoy, you know, I didn't necessarily enjoy it. It's not. I mean, it's not meant to be enjoyed. Right, it's not a right. film that that no. you watch for enjoyment, but oh what <laughs> yeah, but uh, but I have a huge amount of respect for the fact that it did get made yeah. and it exists as a talking point um, because I, you know, circling back around to the article, it's like those films yeah they got to get made yeah and yeah people got to be and, allowed to to do it and it, the fact that it is this kind of film and it's still being talked about and appreciated not just for its disturbing qualities uh but for its kind of artistic merits um is remarkable um, it is yeah and i think if anything the fact that people are still talking about it is is cool and and that's what makes it special you know agreed agreed um all right i dig it i know i had a feeling we were going to focus on solo more in this um but you guys brought up some good stuff that really was that uh the parallels between solo and the great beauty are really fascinating as a combo right uh, like that scene I... where he eats chocolate and and byron is like <laughs> <laughs> god there's so many um, cool scenes though in the great beauty man oh, yeah, yeah. yeah i i'm curious i i do want to rewatch it um there's a lot to a lot of the way it was shot is ways that i, I like to Sweet. think about shooting yeah. things and stuff so well, you should right. check out his other film uh youth it's um it came out after this one and uh it stars michael Caine and harvey Keitel and they're older oh, fun. older dudes um and rachel rachel vice is in it so i don't jacob you should check it out oh. um, uh, uh paul Definitely dano is in it oh um, he plays fan. a actor in that film and there's some awesome uh, scenes with him. Cool. It's a it's a fantastic. And Jane Fonda. Yeah, Jane Fonda, dude. It's a fantastic movie. Like, cool. And it, it's a similar, um, shot and edited in the same style. You know. Uh, cool. Yeah. I like uh, that a lot. Yeah. I like and, that a lot. And it's um, it's 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 a different. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but it's dope, dude. Like, it's cool. one of my favorite films of that of that year when that came out too. Cool. Um, I'll definitely, yeah. I mean, his stuff was was pretty solid, so sweet. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'll cool. probably watch his stuff. Um, anyway, one last little question. I do, I do really want to wrap this up, so I don't want to spend very much time on this question. But one thing I am curious about um, is Solo a horror movie? You know, I wouldn't put it under the horror category in the sense that it's to me like. I mean, in a weird way, 
I can, I don't know. That's tough. It's tough because it meets horror elements with its violence and stuff. It's kind of like irreversible. You could call irreversible a horror film in the same way that you could call Salo or Salo a horror film, but it's like different than that. I don't know. And, and I am always against saying horror is like a low form of film because I think it can be very, you know, high. So I wouldn't say horror would cheapen solo or irreversible or a film that's like kind of like that. But I think that's another good question. I don't know. I think it could, like, it wouldn't surprise me if I was in a horror section and I saw it there yeah. just due to the content. But if it was like in my, if I had my collection divided by genre i wouldn't put it in there i would put it in more maybe of a subgenre of just like extreme films mm. or even like allegorical films you know what i yeah. mean or you know um or i mean even e- drama to a drama, drama. Yeah. world war ii ish historical it's, yeah you know like it's, culturally significant films yeah cult- yeah culturally significant films i mean fuck what would probably what i do now is I just have it in my criterion section <laughs> yeah exactly and <laughs> even just, the way that's what interesting just before sorry jacob i want you to answer but the way criterion presents it because if you've looked at the criterion yeah. case yeah. it is a bit horrific yeah yeah you know it what is. I mean? but anyway yeah. i i think uh, i think byron's right it doesn't feel right to call it horror but i think it really just depends on who i am talking to mm-hmm. like if i'm going to be talking because that's really where genre is useful it's like it helps you categorize films and talk about them. Um, but Solo, I think, if I were to like tell someone about it, I, I think horror is probably the last thing I would say. But, I mean, unless I was talking to like someone like Byron or something, where, like, if you tell... Or you, Keith, if I say horror, you kind of know what that is. But I, I think a lot of people see horror as like saw one and right um, hereditary or hereditary Halloween. yeah yeah or, yeah or the uh human centipede or something um yeah so i think if i was talking to them i would definitely go like this is an art film uh that is very extreme you know i feel like extreme cinema fits it yeah really nice so um, you'd say you guys would say it's horrific but not it's, horror it's horrific, but I mean, it, horror nowadays, it like it feels like it's a genre. It has to be a genre film to be horror, like now. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't think it's genre really at all, uh, in 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 the horror sense of it. I mean, I kind of like, yeah, it's tough because I mean, films like Get Out are are more horror than this, but even Get Out, I like it's it's still one of those things that could float, you know? Like I yeah. can see it in but a. That's, it's more thriller that's or uh, allegorical. You know what I mean? Like, right. I don't know. It's more that one's more horror than Solo, I, for right? Sure, because it, it, pl- it definitely plays. It with plays the with genre. more tropes. Yeah. yeah, it plays with the tropes. But Solo isn't tropic at all. No, no. It's it's yeah, it's different. Yeah. I mean, I think the most horrific part that would, you could look at it as like something like Hostel or Saw is towards the end when he's looking oh, yeah. through the binoculars and he's seeing the you know the guys oh, yeah. get his dick. Right. Out of flames. out of context, that totally feels like a horror film. But yeah. in the context, at the end of the film, it's like, oh, here we go. They're saying something. You know? <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Keith? I I would say that yes. Um. It it is because 
I think there's something to be said for real life horror. Yeah. Like, there are people, sure. and I've heard this... Like, true horror sort of a thing. Yeah, like, the horror that people experience on a day-to-day basis in yeah. places that we don't live in. Yeah. Like, I was watching this film, and I said out loud, I was like, this wouldn't surprise me if this actually happened Same. during wartime. Yeah, yeah. It probably does yeah. happen during wartime. Yeah, and yeah. I, like... And so I think to that end, <laughs> the Japanese did that to the Chinese. As a yeah, they made a film about, about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, the men behind the sun. Yeah, there's there's that, a yeah, unit too, yeah. of scientists, yeah. Japanese scientists, that were doing like these disgusting experiments on people. That's a pretty good and real film though. Um, too. But uh, hmm. I think in terms of considering it um, as as real horror as opposed to horror that I because I, a lot of horror you could argue is like metaphoric for the things right like a monster you know Godzilla existed as a monster as a metaphor for American you right. know military might or whatever and the Japanese were trying to kind of like talk about that um, you know a lot of monsters exist as like a not a real thing obviously they exist as a way to talk about it whereas this is like a presentation of what could potentially be actual horrific acts on someone so to that end i would say it's it's it can fit in the horror genre not in a traditional sense of like what you guys are saying it's not like oh i'm watching nightmare on elm street or hellraiser or chucky or anything like that where you're like damn i'm gonna sit down and watch a horror movie or the exorcist even or nosferatu or dracula or frankenstein but like maybe it's realistic horror that's kind of where i'm coming from those are the type of like quote horror films that i'm interested in right you know what i mean i find those are the type of horror movies that i really like and those are the type of horror movies i'd like to make yeah you know like there's something to be said for that yeah i just i'm not but like i just did um a horror film that was at the bleedingham film festival but it most people wouldn't consider it a horror film, you know, because right. it was about rape. And a lot of people just didn't like that it was in a horror film festival section, you know, film festival. But to me, it's like, fuck, man, that's more horrific than all your all films. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that shit there, happens, you know? <laughs> I think with, with horror, there's definitely this divide of, like, yeah. people who want escape and people who want the truth. And right. I think I think with horror, with any other genre, I think it's more apparent because there are people on either side of that who are passionate <laughs> yeah, about true. their like, hey, horror is about the tropes and about how much fun it is to be yeah. shocked. And then you know, you guys are coming from the from that, hey, let's let's really make talk about things that make us uncomfortable. Yeah, um, which which is a type of horror. I mean, I like, like both, but it's like easier to digest. Uh, concepts when they're removed, like removed, a step removed, mm-hmm. right through like a monster, right? Like, yeah, that definitely. type of thing, yeah. Um, right. whereas this is just like removing that step and being like, like if it was like a film is. about a witch doing something evil to a girl, like it's not going to be as like be easier to watch, yeah, it'd be exactly. easier to watch. And if it was like some girl that was like trapped by her stepmom who's like doing some real life shit you right. know <laughs> but you'll say but you'll say that the witch one is horror where the other right. one's not yeah. yeah yeah anyway uh cool that's a good good place to stop um stick around after the break for oh, um since it's byron's birthday uh we're gonna do a pitch fest uh where the plots must feature byron so uh yeah stick around
Welcome back. This is the Backpack Pitch Fest, where we each have 30 seconds to pitch a plot to a movie based on this week's topic, and then we vote on who's his best. Uh, like I said right before the break, um, this week is Byron's birthday week, so our plots must feature Byron as an integral character to the plot. <laughs> Doesn't necessarily need to be the main character, but has oh, to be... Shit. Um, so integral, like if he, if he were to be removed, then you couldn't have the plot. Oh, God. So, oh, God. Um, should we... Should I just well, go? Te- you're supposed to go first. Yeah. Just, should we just have we Byron go have, last? We, yeah, we should. Yeah, I think so, okay. too. So okay. I'll go first. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can't wait to read this because you're going to like be like, oh, I was not expecting that. <laughs> um, my title for the film... Uh, is uh, John Gwett. <laughs> John Gwett. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, where is this gonna go? So, for people who don't know, Byron's last name is Gwett. Um, John Gwett. That's okay. funny because his last name is featured in my title as well. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. That's awesome. Fantastic. Sweet. Are you ready? Yeah. And go. John Gwett lives a quiet life in a well-to-do suburb until one night he is attacked by mass assailants and his prized hairless cat is killed, revealing that he is actually a world-renowned assassin. Teaming up with his old partner, Rustin Fultz, Gwett goes on a revenge odyssey to avenge his cat, but what happens when the person responsible for the crime is his true love, Amber Heard? Hi. What was the last part? Amber what? Amber Heard. And so Amber for... Heard. Should I should I explain it? Sure. Yeah. So Byron's sort of celebrity crush right now is Amber Heard. Yeah. So that's why. It's oh. been a long time. Yeah. Celebrity yeah. crush of mine. So that's why I put that in there. That would suck. Um, <laughs> John Gwett. <laughs> so all right, Jacob. John Gwett. Okay. Uh, mine is called <laughs> Gwett. Then there's a colon. So Gwett colon. Clothing designer, filmmaker, janitor. <laughs> Yes. All true things. All right. Are you ready? Yes. And go. A documentary film about Byron Guyet, a 42-year-old multi-billionaire with a successful clothing line and commercially successful art films. The film focuses on Byron's midlife crisis, where he donates all his money and chooses to go back to his roots by working as a janitor at Western Washington University. We follow <laughs> Byron as he spends 10 years at his old job, masochistically re-experiencing his life as a young, inspiring filmmaker again in an attempt to rediscover his art that he feels has been lost due to his massive success. Oh, shit. Falling in some great beauty in there, too. All right. Oh, damn. All right. Fuck. All right, to the man himself, Byron, what is your title? It's called Coconut. (laughs) God, is that your nickname? Uh, No. (laughs) That's your nickname now. Yeah, it is. Damn it. Uh, All right. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. And... A lame, single, untalented paparazzi photographer named Byron is sent to take pictures of Justin Bieber out on vacation with a suspected girlfriend. His job is to take as many as possible and hopefully get a clear shot of Bieber with the girl kissing to make it easier to sell to TMZ. After hiring a small boat to get him closer to the private island where Bieber and the girl are staying, Byron begins to snap photos of the two. The balcony door is open and Bieber steps out completely naked. Byron, not used to taking photos of nude men, is only thinking of all the money he can make from this. And boy does he. From then on, he is sought he is a sought after. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Shit. I wrote too much. Damn oh it. man. Um, <laughs> all right. I was almost done. 
So That's coconut. Funny. Okay. Because we I don't even know if we got to the part where the coconut. It's why it's titled coconut. If it's, it's even Byron's nickname. <laughs> it's his nickname. <laughs> well, it's kind of like a play on like just a private island with like just beavers nuts and like. Oh, uh, you know, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of dumb. But. And yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, cup of cocoa. I think I'm gonna go with Jacobs. Yeah. Uh, because I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think Byron's was as flushed out. <laughs> flushed out. <laughs> um, uh, I do think it's funny that we've done this twice now, and both of our plots were self-deprecating to ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. So I'm curious when Jacobs' birthday rolls around, which is like next month, right? Uh, it is, yeah, it's a month from now. Yeah, so oh, shit. Okay. it's going to be fun to to hear his version of his own <laughs> self. Uh, but I think I'll go Jacobs. Uh, yeah, I like nice. the, the funneling of the great beauty, which obviously is a film that Byron loves, and then the kind of weirdness of, of giving it all up and going back to being a broke-ass person trying yeah. to make movies. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what do you think? I, I like both. I like I like yours, Keith, because it's uh, you get that context with where it, it is like his celebrity crush. So uh, you know, it's like it's kind of funny uh, that she is the bad guy. You know, because that would just crush Byron, <laughs> crush, crush by a crush. But then Byron, I like yours too because it's uh, very self-deprecating, uh, which I'm always a fan of. And I love that. I just love so like in Keith's, you were like you're drowning in shallow water, <laughs> like that was yours. <laughs> And for Byron, he's a TMC photographer trying to take photos of Justin Bieber. Like, I don't know why you guys both went this direction. It's totally hysterical. Um, I feel like yours, you're going to be like this like hot-ass, hot-shot motherfucker. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> a superhero yeah. at, at night. Yeah. All Rich ben billionaire during the day. Ben Affleck will play me. Um, uh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I like. I think they're both pretty funny. But I'm. I think I'm just gonna go with Byron's just because I love the absurdity of 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 you trying to take photos of a nude Justin Bieber. <laughs> you know, like that's just kind of and how you're just like, oh, I've never seen a a naked man before. Like you've never been at the YMCA in the locker room or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know, man. I think that was pretty funny. Okay, Give me a laugh. Give me a laugh. Did you guys catch who your partner was in? Um, Rustin Fultz. Yeah, Rust <laughs> that was me. Rustin Cole. Yeah, from True Detective. Trying to bring some True Detective. Yeah. Oh, there. I thought, awesome. I thought you said Rustin Fultz. I thought it that is. was no, me. No, it is. I said Rustin yeah. Fultz. Oh, oh. But it, like, it's like a because you'd be playing. Yeah, you'd be who, playing. Who is Rustin? Is, is that okay? That's Matthew McConaughey. Okay, <laughs> that's funny. I could do that. Uh, so all right, all right. How much right. did you have left in your? Plot? Oh, just like barely a sentence. Oh, okay. Finish it. It was just um. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, it says something about, <laughs> uh, he's only thinking about all the money he can make from this and boy does he from then on he is a sought after photographer who quickly finds the seedier side of Hollywood mm. Mm. finding some seed in Hollywood yeah, that is, yeah. Yeah. he Just takes photos of, the, of those little seeds <laughs> those little nut seeds little beeb seeds all little right. beeb uh, seeds uh, um, seedy beebies damn I like both of these uh I'm gonna have to go with Keith's because oh. because Amber Heard's in it for one. And oh God! Two Trump card. <laughs> two is I I'd have a problem seeing a documentary about myself. 
like I don't like looking at myself, you know? Like I don't like watching myself on like being, you know, this it'd be it'd be hard for me to watch. And if we're only if we're going through like which film you'd rather watch, I'd I'd much rather watch it for <laughs> Okay, question. But, uh, but I do question. Like, I mean, I like the idea of it, like the the concept of it is interesting and it's funny because what if, what if the, it's an Orson Welles documentary? Eh, what if Orson it's Orson Welles. Wellesian? I mean, you gotta say like Herzog or someone, man. Yeah, it'd be interesting. No, I'm thinking like a f it's like a fake documentary type thing. Oh. Uh, yeah, it'd be. I don't know. It'd be interesting. Byron's played by Amber Heard. That's what you should. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. that was implied. Did you guys not get that? Inexplicably, you're just Amber Heard instead of Byron. Wow. Um, <laughs> damn. Two um, hours of Amber Heard just <laughs> sitting in a chair. Hopefully there'd be a lot of lesbian action in that. <laughs> well, because you'd be in it, so. Um, that would be, yeah. But I. <laughs> but yeah, um, I do. I, and I like, you know, what's weird too is the hairless cat thing because I want a hairless cat. Oh, I had no idea. So that's, that's, that's really so weird. fucking weird. Um, <laughs> I was just going for a weird pet. <laughs> yeah. So that's really weird. Um, I didn't uh, want to do the dog, obviously. So, so I. <laughs> That's I kind of like that. Well, because it's of basically it. Keanu, you know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I like I I got the Rust and Cole reference, so I I like that aspect too. Um, but I mean I like Jacobs as well. It's just, it, but yeah. But what's weird about that though, though, dude, is one of my coworkers. He gives like on a almost daily basis. He he basically has given me that pitch before. Where he's like that, you come back. Yeah, he's like you'll come back. You know, twenty years from now, and I'll still be here, and and you're just, <laughs> and you're just gonna want to live your life as a custodian just to give a shit and stuff. And it's kind of funny. That's so funny. It, give it, it was kind of funny that it was like a similar a similar uh, thing. Yeah. Nice. That's funny. So you're on to something cool. there. <laughs> I'm definitely I'm definitely the the best pitcher I think uh, between us. It's not about statistics. Don't don't look God. at the. <laughs> Wait, so someone who say who you won? catch a lot. Oh, I think we did. We just tied. Okay, yeah, yeah, cool, we cool, just cool. tied. Yeah, uh, so. which is cool. Um, boost all our, our points a little yeah. bit. Um, and uh, yeah, nice. So uh, happy birthday to Byron. Happy birthday! I won't, I won't leave it hanging guys. like you guys left me hanging. Till the very fucking hanging? end. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I even had to say something, dicks. What did we do? Oh, did we not wish you happy birthday during? Not the until episode? I brought yeah, it up at the very it. end. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're like, oh yeah, it is your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. All right. So this week we tied, uh, which is awesome. So uh, if you have any questions or opinions, send an email to b2bfilmspodcast@gmail.com. If you like the show, please, please rate it. Uh, even shoot a review in wherever you listen, because it really helps others find us, especially on Apple Podcasts. Uh, it's the biggest platform. Uh, also, follow us on Letterboxd, Jacob Foltz, Byron Gwett, uh, G-O-U-E-T-T-E, and Hyperion Creator for me. Uh, next episode, we'll be doing a happy hour on whatever it is we talk about during that time, followed by an episode uh, with our first guest of the year, and our first guest in a really long time, actually. Um, he's a friend from college, um, and it'll be the films Cash Earn and Cutie Honey. Is that right? That is correct. Okay. What uh, there? I think there are live action anime adaptations. Is that, that is also correct. Okay. Cool. Uh, so we're gonna do a complete 180 from the films that we talked about today, 
uh, which is probably good for people. Because I'm and guessing a lot of people just didn't watch Solo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like any film is a complete 180 from the films we watched today. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, all right, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Thank you. I should have put more. I, you know what my pitch should have been? It should have been Byron two hours eating chocolate candies in front oh, yeah. of the camera. Yeah. That should have oh, been my pitch. No. And some syrup. Chocolate and syrup. some syrup. Byron, lover of chocolate and sh- syrup. No, that's the worst. Been. Chocolate <laughs> syrup. No. So you'd have to, the 120 you'd have to days of Byron it. eating chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> God. Yeah, see, that would be, that'd be good.